This was supposed to be the year that the Los Angeles Chargers took that next step. So far, it doesn't really feel that way. That's the focus of today's TDN Daily. And welcome into the Friday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Hope everybody is having a great start to their Friday. Best day of the week, weekend, football right around the corner. We had some football last night. Had that Thursday night football game work out for everybody. Kind of had a sneaky feeling that the Eagles weren't going to cover that four, those 14 points on the road. It was a close game, I think longer than a lot of us anticipated it being. But a good start to the week slate for the National Football League with a game that I think surprised some of us with the way that it ultimately played out. But the Eagles stay unbeaten. They stay as the only unbeaten in the National Football League. We got the Chargers on tap today here on the show. Want to dive into them. They're coming out of the bye with a pretty important game against the Atlanta Falcons of all teams and a very important stretch, I think, for this team if we are to take them seriously uh, as a team that has taken that jump that we all maybe expected Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers to take. But as always, before we get into that, got to tell you about our friends over at Bet Online. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. They're always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head on over to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit just make sure to use our promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v to receive your rewards bet online where the game starts and the los angeles chargers have always been a fascinating team to look at from a, uh, a team building perspective from a roster perspective from a where they are going to go perspective because this is a team that talent wise has kind of always had talent to be relevant in the AFC because they've always really had the quarterback play to be able to check that box right Philip Rivers had been there forever and he had always provided at least some stability at the position you knew what you had in Philip Rivers you knew what he was going to be able to give you and because of that because you had a known commodity at the quarterback position and you had other things with Damian Tomlinson had his run there. You had Antonio Gates. You had some stars. You had some pieces there that made the Chargers on a yearly basis relevant, and it always allowed for them to at least be in the conversation. Yet, it always felt like the Chargers fell short of what their realistic expectations could be. They always fell short of what a lot of people thought they could ultimately be, and you usher in a new era with a new young quarterback in Justin Herbert who has taken the league by storm, has become one of those young quarterbacks that's supposed to be joining the Patrick Mahomes Josh Allen era or, or tier of quarterback in the NFL and he's going to take the league by storm and the Chargers are going to be a contender and they're going to be a tough out in the AFC and they're going to be one of those teams that you just don't want to face. They're going to constantly provide challenges for you and yet it just feels as if that that just hasn't really been the case and that there's been just something missing whether it's the offense not firing on all cylinders, injuries hitting at the wrong time, not being able to close games out in the second half, defense not playing particularly well. There just always seems to be something. And when it came to 2022, it really felt as if the Los Angeles Chargers 
with Justin Herbert entering another year in this league, becoming a year wiser, continuing that growth. And I will let everybody know I'm a big believer in a Jamie Eisner coined phrase, nonlinear progression. Things aren't linear year to year in sports. You don't just all of a sudden go from wherever your baseline is, you make a jump, and then it's just constant steps upward. There's nonlinear progression. Sometimes you take a small step backwards, and then you make a bigger leap moving forward. So progress is nonlinear, but it certainly felt as if Justin Herbert and company were going to take a step in the right direction. There was a lot of buzz around the team. Uh, the way last year ended, there was a big conversation about Brandon Staley as the coach with the game against the Raiders at the end of the season and the timeout and overtime and all of those shenanigans and the fact that they ultimately missed the playoffs and they, they didn't get in. There was a lot of conversation, but you felt good about the young the, the young nucleus of this team. You felt good about Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. You felt really good about what they were building with a younger offensive line. You look at the defense on this team. You you certainly felt pretty good about what you had on defense in a lot of different places. You felt really good about Derwin James, Asante Samuel Jr. You felt good about Joey Bosa. And then in the offseason, you go out and you make the trade for Khalil Mack. You make yourself a better football team. Yet You have a pretty good draft class where you bring in some young pieces. Zion Johnson, you pick up a running back Isaiah Spiller in the fourth round. It really felt like there was a lot of buzz around this team. And you go out in week one, you play a tough game against a Raiders team. And again, you have to go back in the Wayback Machine. You have to take yourself all the way back to week one. What did we think about the AFC West when week one rolled around? We thought, man, the Chiefs are going to be good with Patrick Mahomes. The Raiders are going to be good in the first year of Josh McDaniels with Derek Carr and Devontae Adams. Talked about them earlier this week. We, th we thought the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson were going to be good. And then the Chargers with Justin Herbert. We thought it was going to be four teams competing for probably two, maybe three playoff spots. It was going to be the wild, wild west. That's what we thought this division was going to be. So when that first game takes place, week one, Chargers-Raiders, and the Chargers come out, on the right side of that game with a 24-19 victory, you feel like, okay, these games are going to be competitive. They're going to be close. The Chargers are showing that they can hang. This is going to be fun. And the next week on Thursday Night Football, it's a loss to the Chiefs. You're thinking, okay, it's the Chiefs. You play a close game in the fourth quarter, it's the Chiefs. It's Patrick Mahomes. It's Andy Reid. Chiefs don't lose that many regular season games. They're a Super Bowl favorite for a reason. You feel really good about that. Then I think it's that loss to the Jags that really kind of made everybody kind of shift back to that old mindset of, man, are they going to miss the mark again? Are they going to miss their their aspirations? Are they going to miss the expectations? Are they going to miss what we expect of this team to be here in 2022? Because at home, against a Jacksonville Jaguars team that now, with the benefit of hindsight and all the rest of the games playing out, are a team that are is young, in the first year of a head coach, in the second year of a quarterback, who had Urban Meyer as his coach last year, a team that's still trying to find themselves, still trying to learn how to win. The Jags go into your building after you just played a really tough game against the Chiefs. And you get blown out 38 to 10. You're not competitive. Justin Herbert got, has been hurt. The rib injury really toughed it out in that Chiefs game in particular. And so you kind of chalk it up to that. But since then, it's wins against the Texans, the Browns, and the Broncos. And so can you really sit up here and feel confident that winning three of your last four and winning against these three teams in particular that don't really inspire a lot of confidence. I don't look at those three wins, and I don't even look at the Raider, Raiders win now in hindsight and say they've really showcased me a marquee ability to win a football game, and injuries have plagued them over the last couple of weeks, so they're not even the team that we saw take the field in Week 2 against the Chiefs. And you go out there against the Seahawks, and you play a, you, you, you're not really in that game. You lose 37-23, to 23 and the Seahawks are certainly a surprise. But it just feels like... There's always something that stops this team. There's always something that holds this team back. And right now, you'd have to look at it. It is the defensive side of the ball. 
31st in opponents points per game at 27. 20th in opponents yards per game at 357. 29th in yards per play at 5.9. They're just not getting it done on the defensive side of the ball. J.C. Jackson, their big offseason signing to the cornerback room, gets hurt, wasn't playing well before that. So that's a huge blow. On offense, they can't seem to run the ball all that effectively. 3.7 yards per rush, it's 28th in the league. They're throwing the ball more than anybody. They throw the ball 44 times per game on average. This is a team that is doing what you kind of expect them to be on offense. 11th in points per game, 8th in yards per game. It's kind of what you anticipate. A top half of the league offense. A top third of the league offense is what the Chargers are. And with Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler, yeah, you feel pretty good about that. You feel pretty good with this wide receiver core that this is the kind of output. you'd Probably it should be top 8, probably top 6 with the talent that they have, but it's not like they're completely missing the mark. It's not that they're completely off base. And so I look at this team, and I look at this game against the Atlanta Falcons coming off of a bye, and you're going to hear me say this a lot on this show as you join me in this journey and you consume the TDN Daily Podcast on a daily basis. There are two games in which you can be the most prepared for. That doesn't mean you're going to win these games. It doesn't mean that you're going to have the advantage of the in these games. But the two games during the regular season in which you are going to be the most prepared, where you're going to be able to have the deepest scouting report on your opponent, where you're going to be able to really understand the matchups and tendencies of your opponent. The two games that you circle in which you are going to be able to craft a really good game plan are week one, because you have all the time to prepare during the preseason, and in the end of preseason up until the first week of the season, you have that time to prepare for one opponent, and then it's week to week. You just have four or five days to be able to put together a game plan, then you're getting on a plane, you're traveling, you got to walk through all that stuff. So week one, and your game coming out of the bye, because you have two weeks to prepare for that opponent. That's it. Those are the two games in which you should be the most prepared. You should not be committing penalties. You should be not committing those mental mistakes. You should be the most prepared for those two games. From a preparation perspective, from an understanding of your opponent perspective, you shouldn't be caught off guard by anything that, that team, those two teams do. You should be well prepared for those games. So I look at this game coming out of the bye week for the Los Angeles Chargers. I look at going on the road to Atlanta to a team that right now is leading the NFC South. But they're not doing it in a surprising fashion. They're basically what we thought they were going to be. The Atlanta Falcons are, are, are the team that a lot of people thought they were going to be, myself included, in this season. They're competitive. They're able to run the football. They don't do, they don't do a whole lot in the passing game despite having Drake London and Kyle Pitts. They're well coached with Arthur Smith, and they're competitive. They're in every game. A bounce goes their way in a game, they have a chance. But they're in every game. And so far, that has led them to be the top of the NFC South, mainly because of the way the rest of the division has played out. So you should be well prepared for this game. And despite all the injuries, I think you're on your third kicker for this game on Sunday. This should be the game you should be most prepared for. You should be able to go into Atlanta, take care of business, wipe the bad taste out of your mouth from the Seattle loss, and be able to say, hey, we've lost, we, we've won four of our last five. We're five and three. We're keeping pace with the Kansas City Chiefs in the division, and we are getting this season back on track. Because again, you look beyond this. I'm always a look-ahead guy. I always like to look at the big picture, where, where this team's going to be going down the road. This is a Chargers team, and I don't want to make the statement that is this the game, is this the turning point for the Chargers season, but I look at the rest of the schedule and I look at the teams that this team is going to have to play down the stretch, and they are going to need to find wins somewhere, and with their next two on the road in Atlanta and San Francisco, the rematch against the Chiefs, they got the Dolphins and Titans late in the season, and just go look at the AFC playoff picture. Chiefs are a playoff team in the AFC, the Dolphins are a playoff team in the AFC right now, the Titans are a playoff team in the AFC right now. So it's not as if you're getting off the hook. You got the defending Super Bowl champs on your schedule. Who knows where they'll be at that point? A Raiders team that's always going to be a tough matchup. They're still going to be tough. 
So it's not as if the schedule gets super easy for the Chargers down the stretch. So I'm not going to say that this game, this outcome on Sunday is going to determine whether or not the Los Angeles Chargers have a successful season. But when I look at this team, it certainly feels like we're going down the same path, that the same script is going to be written, that at the end of the season, we're going to look back at a couple of missed opportunities and say, man, if just this went the Chargers way or that went the Chargers way, we would be talking about them in a whole different light. And so maybe this is the game where they can change that narrative. They can change the script. And they can say, we're going to get the second half of the season coming out of the bye back on track and set us up to be able to be competitive. Because they're a good football team. They are. They maybe aren't hitting on all cylinders like we thought they would be. And maybe they haven't really played uh, good games against uh, quality opponents. The Chiefs and Seahawks in particular, two of their three losses. But this is an opportunity for the Chargers to change their own narrative. For Brandon Staley, for Justin Herbert, for the Chargers organization as a whole to change the narrative surrounding their football team. Because you look beyond, like I said, you look at the schedule beyond this game against the Falcons, and it's not going to be easy. And, you know, we already were talking about, you know, Keenan Allen frustrated by the hamstring setback and having to miss time. And those things that we normally see from this team, injuries and close games not going their way and these things that normally pop up throughout the course of a Charger season, which is what we've come, come to expect from this team, you start to kind of read that story. And so I'm hoping that's not the case because, again, I, I think the world of this Chargers team, I think the world of Justin Herbert, I've been a big fan of Brandon Staley. I've kind of been a defender of Brandon Staley and some of the decisions that he's been criticized for in the past uh, from a fourth you know, fourth down perspective going forward, uh, you know, going forward in spots that other people say he should kick it. I've been a defender of Brandon Staley. I think he, he, he speaks logically about it, and this year it's been a little different. He's maybe backed off of that a little bit. But I'm a huge fan of Staley, and I'm a huge fan of Justin Herbert. And, again, this is a young quarterback in this league that is exciting. You talk about a gritty player. This guy's going out there. The, the two things that stand out to me when I think of Justin Herbert, the two memorable performances, the fourth quarter drive in the game against the Raiders, the last game of the season, to even get that game into overtime was a gritty performance that had multiple fourth down conversions where Herbert basically put the team on his back and made some big throws in some big spots. And then I think of that game against the Chiefs earlier this season where you saw Justin Herbert gut it out. That's the only way to describe what that was for Justin Herbert. Gutting that performance out uh, in that football game to be able to give his team a chance. It was it was 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 memorable to say. So I, I look at this and I hope that the Chargers are able to find a win on Sunday. And, and again, I, I look at the schedule for the week and I, I just look at matchups. And by the way, if I may for just a moment here, not the sidebars, but the NFL. Eight games in the early window. I've only got two afternoon games on Sunday. Eight games in one window at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Sunday afternoon for Red Zone. Absolutely killing me. Absolutely killing me with the eight games in the in the early window and only two games in the late window. We, we, we need to do something about this. We need to absolutely make sure uh, that this is not the case moving forward. Uh, but I look, I look at all these games and I, I look for storylines. I look for narratives. I look for things that stand out to me. And I see a Chargers team coming off a bye that's had some questions about them all year. They're hovering around 500. What a difference maker it would be to come out of the bye, set the tone right with a big win and get the 5-3 and three and keep pace with the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, and one more thing. We talked about the Chargers in the context of teams trying to maybe get their season back on track. They're not the only team that I'll be paying attention to on Sunday. You look at the Cardinals at 3-5 and five at home needing to get their season turned around. The Bengals at 4-4 four and four at home trying to rebound off their Monday night loss to the Browns. And then, of course, the one of those two games in the afternoon slate, the Rams and the Bucks, two teams that have not gotten off the starts in the way that we anticipated. Both of those teams looking for wins and wins in the worst kind of way. 
That's going to do it for the Friday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Hope everybody enjoys the great football weekend. you got Georgia, Tennessee tomorrow. I know that's the one I'll be paying attention to. And then, of course, all the NFL action on Sunday should be a lot of fun. Thanks, as always, to Bet Online for their continued support of the podcast. Everybody have a great weekend. Talk to you on Monday.